welcome to Candy Bar Antler Boy, a series where I, Mike Rappin, discuss the Netflix original series Sweet Tooth, live on the I Read Comic Books Discord stage with anyone and everyone who wants to chat. Every week we'll be discussing one episode of the TV series and chatting about the comic of the same name by Jeff Lemire, originally published by Vertigo Comics. Now let's get into the show. Danny, you're back. Thank you so much for joining me on for episode six of Sweet Tooth. Uh, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me once again. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm ready to talk about this episode because I was trying to take notes. Uh huh. But then it, it didn't happen. Yeah, I you know I, I definitely think, can understand that. I think that's uh, my main takeaway from this episode. That I don't know <laughs> that you need notes for this one. Yeah, there's definitely yeah a lot happened. Um, to say the least. Uh, the other part of that is, uh, well, I guess let me get into things. Episode six, Stranger Danger on a Train. That's the name of the episode. 43 minutes long. Uh, I should say full spoilers coming up for episode six of Sweet Tooth. You've been warned. It's too late. We've passed the spoiler point. Um, I guess just to run through this episode, because I feel like of all the episodes so far, this one jumped around a lot. So maybe we'll try to keep things in like chronological order. I don't know. We'll just, just kind of go take it by ear. But, um, or play it by ear. But, I mean, the opening of this episode is absurd, if only because it's, like, the weirdest shot, uh, tr- like, running behind a train sequence that I've ever seen. I don't know. Danny, what did you what did you think about that? Because I thought it was a little goofy. No, I, I definitely agree. That was one of the notes I did take. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just wrote down, football. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> that's literally the same thing that I wrote down. Um, And, I, yeah, look, I know Deborah was an athlete, but, geez, I don't know that... How fa- I don't know how fast trains are, but they were they were hauling. I feel like my mental understanding of how fast that train was going did not match up with how fast they were running, and I think that's maybe where it felt a little disjointed. Yeah, no, same here. I mean, I I knew that they were going to make it on the train because that's the story they were telling. But right, uh, right. Maybe there was a maybe there was a better way to show that that you can catch up to the train. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially with them immediately revealing that like oh crap like last men are on this train you know that was a it was i feel like they could have maybe cut half a minute off of that train running sequence but it's okay because we get we cut immediately from that to the like last bits of the previous episode where abbott shows up at dr singh's house and him and his wife are about to be burned to death um and man what an intense scene, all things considered, because in in my mind, I was like, oh, cool. He's here to, like, save this doctor who he knows can help him with whatever he's trying to accomplish. But no, he's just there for the book. And I was really floored by that whole bit. I, what did you think? No, same. I fell for it. Hook, line and sinker. Totally. I was like, he needs Dr. Singh. Uh, and based on our discussion last last episode, like, we both thought that, yeah, he came to get Dr. Singh because... Um, the other doctor's not around anymore. Right. Or whatever ended up happening to her. Uh, so, yeah, like, he needs a doctor, but he doesn't. He just needs the book. Yeah, which makes me wonder, like, what what's actually in the book? What what does Abbott know about what's in the book that Dr. Singh doesn't, or that Dr. Bell didn't explain to us, you know? And, like, you know, of course, there's a beautiful moment where Ronnie says, you know, if you let us die, you'll never have the cure, which, like, this is probably one of the best conceits in all of, like, intense thriller fiction where somebody makes up a lie and it's just like, yeah, you you can't kill us because all the knowledge is in my head, man. Like, what a beautiful moment. I, I love that bit. No, yeah, she definitely, like, it was so well done that 
she got me too because I really thought like everything they both said sounded like crazy enough that like yeah uh-huh. I guess that makes sense that yeah sounds- ghost yeah. DNA is totally a thing <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great I I thought for some reason they were gonna be like there is like this one hybrid out there that's special right that's the right. key or something like that right 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 well i mean some of this stuff you know and here's the thing that i i think was really interesting about that scene right like ronnie says to him you know i didn't know that that, that what you were saying was fake i thought blah 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 i believed it but like to what end you know i mean i think as as you know slightly intelligent human beings who've went to maybe basic biology some of that stuff kind of makes sense and you as a person who's watching it you might think hey you know that actually sure that totally could work within the the fiction of the story uh, obviously like something like a ghost dna um is not a real thing but at the same time you never know because of how the story is working and it's you know there is a level of fiction to it so i think they again this is one of those things that i think they've done as the creators of the show um they've done to try to mask this whole like is this real is it not you know the idea that i talked about before of essex county or essex city being far away but we don't know where um kind of adds this layer of like fogginess to things where someone watching the show can't go that's not true i don't know that's that's bullshit you know i i like that they they've added a layer of like half truths to everything to make it seem believable yeah and i'm glad so one of the main reasons i wanted to come talk about the episode because i wanted you to make me feel better about the episode. Oh no. And I think it's working. I think mm-hmm. overall it's working. Well, and I'll yeah. tell you my main thing at the end. Once we get through the whole everything that happened, I'll sure. tell you my main okay. issue with it. Well yeah, I mean I guess just continuing forward, you know, we met Johnny. Johnny, if if anybody who's read the comic knows Johnny's kind of a pivotal character for some key moments um early on in the first couple of volumes of the comic. So it was nice to see his character be a part of the story. I wasn't sure if this character was going to exist at all or if they did, if they were gonna show up much, much later. But to see them show up as this, you know, sidekick kind of dummy character uh to Abbott uh is, is really fun because we like as someone who's read the comic and knows a little bit like who that character is and how they become relevant in the story beyond just kind of being this kind of goofy little sidekick is is really interesting and I'm, I'm glad to see him show up because he had he added a little bit of like dark humor to the whole thing that I think was kind of needed after a very serious moment where Dr. Singh is rightfully so going out of his mind about the fact that he was literally about to be burned alive and his wife is like no no it's fine it's it's fine we're alive and while she's totally absolutely correct I, I totally understand uh Singh's like worry or Adi's like worry that <laughs> we almost died are you not freaking out about this I get that I get that feeling in my chest yeah, no, I, I like the character of Johnny as well. I think he seems, uh, I mean, anybody that likes Pop-Tarts, I think they get good points with me. Uh, so Even if they're working for the villain. They can't be all bad, sure, I think. Sure, if, sure, sure. If, if they're into Pop-Tarts. Uh, I did, one cool thing about Abbott was when he looked at Dr. Singh and raised one glass. Oh. Like one lens, one lens from his glasses. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that's cool." So he doesn't like. I don't know why. Is aesthetically, it was cool. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what purpose that serves as far as the glasses, but you know, whatever. The thing is, as long as it looked cool, and I think that's what they were yeah. going for. They keep building up Abbott, and I think we're. I really hope we get to the peak Abbott stuff at like as we get towards the end of the season. I mean, we only have two episodes left, so. Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be 
something we carry over into the next season. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's it's clear to me at least. It seems like the stories are all starting to come together very, very quickly. And I mean, in mm-hmm. in Gus's storyline, which I do want to jump back to here, um, you know, even even some of the random folks that he runs into are like, oh, Abbott, this, and they just kind of trail off or they're interrupted. I think that's a really nice way that the the show has been hinting at us, like, oh no, things are coming together. Like these characters that you've been meeting, they're all very slowly coming together. I mean, even if we look at I guess, like, on the train, you know, uh, we run into, <laughs> we run into what we find out to be one of Jeopard's old buddies um, from back when they played football together. His name is Jimmy. And, uh, <laughs> but the thing that got me about that scene is there's just, like, a big wrench fight for no reason. Like, WWE style, two giant men just hammering at each other for a good minute and a half. I was hundred percent here for that <laughs> you as somebody that uh is a fan of the fast and furious franchise let me tell you wrench <laughs> fights are a thing right right uh, so this was that part was interesting i like i like the character of jimmy but i don't like the way he was used i think he was yes. he was well done uh but you really are introducing one more character that we like so the the team actually kind of loses something mm-hmm Mm-hmm. But but they don't really because overall net after the episode, you know it's they they're kind of it's the same group that started, um, so they they didn't really lose anything they just lost something that they, someone they met along the way. The thing that I really enjoyed about the introduction of Jimmy is that there was there's a good moment after they realize who they are right then who's who's fighting who, uh, there's a moment where we get to see Jeopard like be legitimately happy. Like, I, I was so taken aback by that moment of him. It's like, oh, my God, Jimmy. Like, he's smiling and laughing. He's like, we used to play ball together. Like, it was such a such a 180 for the character. Um, I was, I was like, even more brokenhearted by how this all episode turned out with, with Jimmy and everything that had to happen. Um, yeah, I mean, like, just, just the way that the, the episodes... And we'll, we'll get to it, I guess. But, yeah, it's, it's even more heartbreaking given the moment where Jeopard actually gets to be happy for a moment just seeing a familiar face you know which i think is something that from what we've seen it feels like jeopard fears that he doesn't ever want to see someone that he knows because the only people that he knows at this point are last men from when he was a last man yeah yeah and we get i don't know i mean i don't know how long how long after that but we do get some more insight into jeopard Mm -hmm. and the people like is the loss that he's gone through uh when jimmy kind of brings up his his family mm-hmm. uh which was you know something that obviously he hadn't shared with the group and now yeah. it's kind of out there so it 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 feels like it's going to lead to more heartbreak but it makes me understand how Je- why jeopard is kind of doing what like he's what the decisions he's making and why he's making them and yeah you know i'm going through my notes here which are kind of like chronological and the the thing about this episode like i said is that it jumps around a lot because in between this sequence we see you know we get a little bit of amy and bobby and um i want to call her pigtail but wendy i think is her name um as they're kind of preparing, oh, snap, the last men have marked our territory. We need to figure out how we're going to get out of here. We cut back to Sing uh, and Ronnie, and they're like, there's a line that I wrote down that Ronnie says. She says, you can finish what Dr. Bell started, which has quite the implication in my mind. Like, I, I'm, I'm from my understanding, yeah. Ronnie knows what's in the book and what Sing has to do. Um but you know she she is trying she's trying to value the greater good in terms of or maybe just maybe she's being selfish I don't know of saying like 
this could help humankind. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely. I was I was like, oh, that's kind of dark when she said like we can do this dot 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 together. Like, oh boy, like they got no problems hunting hybrids is from what I'm understanding. And I, I've always liked any scene with just Ronnie and uh, Doctor Singh, like mm-hmm. when they're even if it's just a conversation. I think it's really good. Like they both actors really just kind of make those scenes work. Uh, the chemistry oh, yeah. they have is really good. Uh, even if they're just sitting there and, you know, Dr. Singh, he gets his diploma and starts talking about, like, the, you know, when this whole f- thing started, uh, it was only one patient and then they kept coming in more and more. And then I had to mm-hmm. go numb to it. Otherwise, I wasn't going to be able to work through it, mm-hmm. uh, which which is like, it's just sad. Like, it's really it really lets you know how much pain and suffering he's kind of gone through mm-hmm. on top of everything that's going on with his wife and his family and um did i forget did they have a kid uh yeah i think they had a daughter if i'm not mistaken they did right yeah and i know they they made a uh they named i, I don't know if they named the horse after the kid uh which was kind of weird like when they brought up trixie i thought they were talking about the kid, I was like, oh, did they still have their kid in the room or something? Right, right, but right. they talk about being the horse. Uh, so, yeah, it's the whole thing with them. Like, I really like their relationship. Um, and now that they're going to this new place, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. Hopefully oh, yeah. Johnny can help them out. I mean, fingers crossed. We'll, we'll see. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, like this. So, we see a little bit of that. We see a little bit more of Jimmy talking or Jimmy and, and Jeopard talking. You know, he says, you know, Louisa was still pregnant last time I saw you, which, like, like my brain exploded right i mean again i i knew i've read some of the comic uh so some of this was already known but like i didn't know how far they were going to go into this with stuff and so you know there's an implication here that jeopard had a wife and a kid i mean clearly he was married and his wife was pregnant like we need to know more about this and of course it gets cut off because you know they're showing off the river and stuff which to me when they were driving over the river i was like that's the cleanest natural river in the united states i've ever seen i guess the plague really did or the sick really did change things for the world (laughs) when humans aren't around to mess things up uh nature heals we saw that was it the canals in vienna Mm -hmm. (laughs) like clear for the first time in Mm -hmm. years uh last year so yeah it's Unfortunately, it's all based on true. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, and this is kind of where, like, the episode starts to starts to ramp up a little bit in the end. Um, you know, they say, oh, no, we just need to find where GoGro is. We find out that it's a place outside of, quote, Essex City, which it looks like that's where we're yeah. going, folks. Um, and we hear that we find out that Jeopard is a wanted man, and he has to go save Sweet Tooth's dog that's missing because we got to add, like, a C or D plot to this episode. Um, and... You know, this is where we get, like, the saddest moment in the episode, as far as I'm concerned, you know? Like, we we get this big fight where they have to fight off the last men, and, like, Jeopard and Bear and Sweet Tooth have to jump off the train. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. didn't really talk about, like, the interaction between Bear and Gus this episode, which, I don't know, I could take it or leave it. I feel like this character being around is really, adds adds a dynamic to the trio, but uh, it's kind of odd it feels still a little bit forced to me just like in the last episode this wasn't bear's moment to shine this episode was not not bear's moment totally totally I think this was definitely a jeopard and gus even with his dumb decision making oh my i'm glad they explained <laughs> why the dog is so meaningful because yeah i was very upset i was like gus is smarter than this yeah 
I mean, he's this is this is just more proof, you know, like in the episode that he's still just a little kid, you know. Like I think when we watch television shows like this, we we see these kids and characters a lot smarter than like your average child or your average teenager, your average adult, even, you know. And you don't think about the like the personal and like mental choices that people are trying to jump through and even in dire situations you know maybe this is the one thing that he needs to keep calm and he doesn't have it so of course he goes a little bit manic about it and he decides that it's the thing that he needs to find in that moment i mean i i understand being frustrated by it because i was like what the hell like it's it's just a sock dog kid you you're gonna go find your mom doesn't that mean more but um still i think this is them the the writers of the show showing like reminding you that like gus is still a kid who just wants to be a kid and it still has the same kid fears and kid desires that a regular nine or ten year old would have you know yeah no i I agree so you could be mad at him though i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna call you wrong about that because i get the frustration there (laughs) yeah and i think it just kind of comes from the rest of the episode but like I said, let's let's keep going, and then when we do like a summary, I'll talk more about that. Yeah, overall. yeah, yeah. So you know, in the, like some of the last bits of the episode, you know, we get this big fight, and Jimmy has the most heartbreaking line that I've ever heard in a long time. Like again, I was tearing up at the end of this episode because I I hate that this show leaned into that idea of like, hey, we just met this person, and they're going to sacrifice themselves in order for the heroes to progress, and basically yeah. they have they get to stand on the shoulders or stand on the pile of bodies of people. Um, that fell for them in order to to protect this kid, you know, and we see Jimmy sacrifice himself knowing that he's not going to win. He's not going to survive. These guys are going to kill him for helping this hybrid kid. Like, and he says this line of like, my mind's changed. Like, it, it's so fucking tragic to hear a character yeah. that you know, and you've watched an entire episode who is clearly a little bit slower, um, sacrifice themselves under the guise of like, I am slow, therefore my life has less value. Like, what in the fuck? Like, I, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't as mad when I watched the episode, but just talking about it, it just makes me frustrated that that seemed like, oh, it's a noble sacrifice because he knew that he couldn't help or whatever. Like, bullshit. <laughs> like having, well, you know, what's better than having one big guy to protect a little kid? Two big guys to protect a little kid. <laughs> so yep. I don't know. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, it was a very, uh, it, I don't want to. <laughs> Whatever, it's been long enough. It was a very Hodor moment. Yeah. If you know if yeah. you've seen Game of Thrones, you know what I'm talking about. But, yeah, yeah. Um because that that's all I could I like as soon as I saw that shot, that's all I could think of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I like I like Jimmy a lot. I really, really like the fight at the end. Like he oh, yeah. like especially with the narration of the football announcer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and seeing how meaningful his career was. Yeah. Which yeah. also was his kind of detriment. Um so yeah, I, I like the character of Jimmy a lot. I just don't like that he was kind of brought and was kind of thrown away in one episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I understand it's a short season, but but still, it's, it you know, those those are the kind of choices you have to make as a as a showrunner. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it, the thing I think is was most surprising in that moment for me was the fact that I feel like so far in the show there hasn't been a lot of like sacrifice and really harsh consequences for like things not to say that there shouldn't be harsh consequences but like even the little civil war thing that happens you know but that forced bear out of where she was there wasn't a lot of bloodshed there was just like a difference of opinions and yeah they wanted to kill um 
uh, Jeopard. But at the same time, like, we didn't really see, like, the harsh ramifications that you would see in, like, a Game of Thrones or, you know, any other premiere HBO or AMC show. Um, And I, I kind of feel like that moment, even with there not being a lot of bloodshed and gore and all that stuff, still is a pretty emotionally powerful like scene like like i said for all the reasons that we said just like you said with hodor like it's a it's a very powerful scene and i worry that it kind of gets away from the quote-unquote heartwarming side of this like is there another way that that could have been written that allowed jeopard and, and so to and, and co to get away and gus and everybody that wouldn't result it wouldn't have resulted in like the implication that this character was just going to be killed you know um and again, that 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 forces the story to be like, hey, maybe this character shows up later, and like, so be it, right? Let's let's take this idea of like Jimmy meeting this kid, and he's so inspired to help him and help his old friend that he hasn't seen in so many years. He gets captured, and then at the end of the day, when Gus goes and becomes the hero or whatever the story's going to lead us to, Jimmy shows up and is there, like, yeah, kid, remember when we had that moment together? That's why I'm here, like. Sure. I mean, and again, maybe that's what's going to happen. Maybe Jimmy doesn't get killed, but I felt like the way that yeah. they, they structured the end, it just, it felt so dark. I was just thinking, I was just thinking like, I guess we we're just assuming he's dead. We don't know that he, like, as you were, sure. as you were recapping that, I was like, maybe, you, yeah, maybe he's, maybe Mike's right. Maybe he's not dead. Right. I mean, uh, it's one of those things where like, if you don't see the body on screen, are they actually dead? You know, it's that, it's that right. trick. Yep. Um, Unless you're, unless you're the unfortunate character of Nancy, who just gets kicked in the face by a horse. <laughs> Sorry, Nancy, but you know, and I guess so. That that's, that was my big, my big gripe, honestly, with this episode. And I, I did like the last bit, the last chunk of this episode, which was the story about Amy, story about Pigtail and and Bobby, and we did see Bobby and those folks like kind of like notice that oh shit, the last men are onto us. We need to do something, and that mm-hmm. last sequence of the episode with. Amy gathering up all the kids and her and Pigtail and, and Bobby just grabbing all the stuff and saying, okay, we've got to get out of here. We've got to prep this place. We've got to get the hell out. The last men are coming and we get to see a handful of more hybrids, which I thought was kind of cool. Yep. But we also got that wonderful narration um, from the narrator about, you know, his line of it's hard letting go. You know, and that, and of course, that applies to many things in this episode. And again, I, I can't really fault the writers for like trying to tie up a bunch of parallel things, you know, because that it all makes sense. And I don't think that makes it a bad episode. Um, but it could have been, you know, changed in some ways. But I like that the it's hard letting go hits really perfectly in all three of the storylines as Amy's letting go of the kids, as Jeopard has to say goodbye to his friend, as Dr. Singh has to move on to a new life. Like, all of that gets tied together really, really well. And, you know, seeing, oh man, seeing the, the, the raps on the stories come together, like, so perfectly, I think ultimately redeemed this episode in a lot of ways for me um where i was kind of feeling lukewarm on it i really liked the way that it ended seeing those kids come out and as someone who's read a little bit more into the comic we kind of know where those kids are going to end up uh i was like oh snap this it's it's actually happening and of course we get the final bit of the episode where gus jeopard and bear all show up at essex city and we know what the hell's in there we know what essex city is all about so we're, we're getting close um, i mean I'm, I'm ready to see what's next I think I think uh the way I kind of felt about this episode was um it felt like a bottle episode but there was three bottles. Yeah. And yeah. like the fir- the first few minutes of the episode each story were pretty pretty interesting because it's picking up threads that we left off in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And then the last bit of it is also very exciting because it's giving us some closure to all three of the stories and 
we can see the parallels between them. But everything in between was like, oh, we're just hanging out on the train. We're just right. hanging out while we're packing. Right. Or, uh, uh, and then we're just kind of watching these dudes on the camera while we get ready to go. Mm-hmm. So it was mm-hmm. a lot of, it was a lot of characters waiting to mm-hmm. react, which is kind of what threw me off. I was like, well, I don't like the middle of this. It was just like, if you want to see more of these characters, that's what you're giving me. But I like, I don't know. I think I feel better after talking about it because we there's definitely a lot more stuff in the middle, but it just felt like the middle of all three stories was kind of like let's just wait and see what happens. Yeah, and then we'll close out the third act. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting that you say that because upon reflecting on it, I didn't really see it that way. But you're absolutely right. Like everyone's in a in a contained area where they don't leave, you know. And I think you know Amy's story has been like that since we met her. Um, mm-hmm. But with the exception of like you know she went out with with Pigtail and they kind of explored the city and got supplies and stuff. Um, Doctor Singh has been able to move around the neighborhood, but he's been trapped in his house the whole episode. And then of course the group on the train. Um, that being said, I feel like it was a preparation for the end of the season it is basically getting everybody to their final points um for this yep. episode and i think they needed to base in my mind i feel like they had to round out some of the character storylines to get us to this point of desperation um in some cases right like amy never would have wanted to send the hybrid kids away but you know because her tv screen showed one after another after another like three guys just randomly raiding outside for an indeterminate amount of time um that means the kids had to go Dr. Singh, you know, realizing that him moving on out of this neighborhood means a, a, a huge series of changes. And the implication that him and his wife have found himself in is that they have to find this cure. Like, it sets us up for, like, a catastrophic potential of failure uh, or, or, you know, potential of catastrophic failure. You know, Gus and and uh, Jeopard and Bear getting to the where they actually are trying to go sets us up for the ultimate end. Is he going to find his mom or not? Or is something else going to happen, you know? And I, I think, like, you're right, not a lot plot-wise happened, but I think that we needed this episode to develop the characters to get them to the points where they were, right? We needed to see Jeopard be reminded of his place, or his time when his wife was alive, reminder, reminder of his past. We needed Gus to actually have that moment of, I'm still a little kid. We needed um, Amy to... F- to realize that this paradise that she was creating is impossible given the harsh reality of the world. And we needed Dr. Mm-hmm. Singh to get to a breaking point. Um, I mean, again, this is this is a reflection of the comic book in my mind, but Dr. Singh as a character in the comics is a broken person, is st- severely broken person. And I think the Dr. Singh we're introduced to at the beginning of this season is a very wholesome regular person and i think we've gotten him to that point where he's going to become the character that's known for in the comic and the implications of that are pretty terrifying um having you know knowing what's what may be happening in the future so um yeah as much as i I agree with you was bottle episodes but i think that they needed to happen to to get us to this this bubbling point or boiling point yeah that 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 all makes sense but like i said i think after kind of having some time to think about it and talking through it like there's a lot of important stuff there. Uh, I think Amy's Amy's character has been probably the one with the most positive growth, while mm-hmm. while Doctor Singh is kind of going the other way. Um, yeah, and then I think it's it's interesting because this episode makes it seem like the last men are everywhere, but if you think about yeah. it, it's probably because just it's just because the three storylines are, are converging. Uh, so that they're actually very centralized to probably that Essex city area. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that may be where they're moving 
and that's why the train is moving all the stuff down there, and that's why they're going to get mm-hmm. Dr. Singh from the settlement. So it's not so much that the last men are everywhere, is that our characters are moving towards the last men closer and closer every episode. Right. Uh, until we, we have a confrontation. Yeah, and I think that's just a heavy, heavy implication that the characters were actually a lot closer together than we thought, um, which I like a lot. Um yeah, they, I don't know. I, I had a couple other points of just like what was good, mostly just two little quotes. Uh, one was, buck up, kid. There's no crying in the apocalypse, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah, I mean, I want that in a T-shirt, please. <laughs> um, and then Jeopard saying, we're going to do something stupid, I thought was a nice little moment in the episode. Yeah, I think uh, Gus learning, I spy. With, and then oh, yeah. seeing, the, seeing the animals. <laughs> oh, <cool. laughs> Yeah, I had that as like a, are you kidding me? Like, are you kidding me that there's giraffes and elephants and stuff running around? <laughs> oh, that was too funny to freedom, me. Freedom, we saw that horse at the end, which was probably uh, my favorite, just like cinematic shot of the, the episode. The horse totally. is racing down. And and mm-hmm. it gives us a, a save the horse moment, moment for Johnny. Right. True. Which, I mean, yeah, and I, you know, he, again, he's not. I don't think he's a bad person. It's going to be interesting to see how that character plays yeah. out for sure. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm interested in uh, finding out more about his role with that, mm-hmm. and then everything going forward for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I do have la- two last questions, and I, one of them's really big, so I'll get to the quick one first. <laughs> okay. How the hell did Amy go so unnoticed at this zoo for so long? Right? Like she got the little baby pigtail when she was a baby. And they lived there for, what, eight, nine years, right? How old is that little girl? Like, mm-hmm. how did they go so long without getting noticed? That's that's my big question. What are your thoughts, Danny? Uh, well, I, I think it's it's the fact that the last men were probably settled somewhere else. And now that they're moving mm. there through Essex City or to Essex City, like now that the fact that they're, they're moving in that direction, that's mm-hmm. what now has led them to be able to find uh, Amy. Interesting. Uh, I, don't, I don't think they were around as much before because... I think she would have seen them, and we know we know Gus and Pooba live overall far away. I mean, they have been traveling for a while from Essex City, uh, mm-hmm. and we probably know that the last men were closer to that area. So I mm-hmm. think throughout this whole throughout the years that we've seen Amy and Pigtails uh, grow and and grow the preserve, um, the last men have been moving their settlement maybe closer and closer to to them. So it's a, just a collision point now. True. Yeah, I guess to your point, you know, I, I think that's a really astute observation that you made about the the fact that we're seeing the last men so often is mostly because of the proximity that they have been to, like, the path that the characters are taking. I think at one point someone said that the headquarters of the last men were, like, on the East Coast somewhere. I, I feel like someone said that this episode. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I think they mentioned they were moving south. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so this this all tracks. I think you're right. You're you're definitely definitely right on that. Um, okay, so because my thought was like maybe she had just been living a quiet life, and the more hybrid she brought in, like the more noise and obvious it was that someone was living there. But I think your point is definitely probably more right than mine. Well, I mean that, that could also be it. that could also be it, right? Because we did see what it felt like like a trap on the last one where somebody yeah. was maybe trying to confirm that there was somebody at the zoo. That's true. That's true. Which, you know, and thank God for Bobby. Thank God for little, tiny, loafing around, cute little Boy Scout Bobby um, with all of his tunnels. Oh, uh, <laughs> the stuff he packed was so adorable. I don't even know what it was. That's the one thing I do want to say before we wrap up here. I guess my last question um, is, 
how you know given how important trains are wouldn't people just be lining up along the line of the train wouldn't they just live along the line of a train the same way that people live along rivers like given how important these trains are i was kind of surprised by the fact that it was like there's only two ways to get on the train kid like come on like i understand that like we're building building the story off of existing civilization but given how hodgepodge it seems that people have lived you'd think that they would move like temporary little outdoor settlements like along the train line just so that they could have access to it um i don't know it's just my that's my weird little rhetorical question for the episode i guess uh i mean yeah that's interesting because you have to make a decision as a society like do you leave the current infrastructure that probably doesn't work as well uh for the mobility of a train mm-hmm um, and so I, I don't know it looks like a bunch of people decided like no I'm just going to stay home and we'll figure out how to like I said electricity has not been an issue in right, this show right. at all so yeah that's true that's true Um, but yeah I guess I, I don't know I it's kind of a goofy question that's just my like my weird thought that i had at the end of the episode was like given how important this train is wouldn't people live closer to it but uh you're probably i think like if rather than building a new house why not just live in the existing houses especially with the implication of how many people have probably been killed by the sick like i get it well listen after we after we finish the season and we have robert downey jr and jeff lemire come on on the stage yes yes. then we can Mm -hmm. have all these questions and hash them out yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. That'll be the the, the ninth episode of this of this season. Uh, but yeah, I guess um, my my last thing was I guess Danny, you had any final thoughts from you? I guess about the episode. I know we wanted I wanted to talk about the the other hybrids that we saw. What did you think of that? I I need to go back and and watch that in a little more slow motion. I think they they hide the designs very interestingly because obviously they don't want to kind of give everything away, but they also probably totally are trying to save on effects. Um, I didn't see many of the ones that looked um, more animalistic, except for the one that had, like, hoofs or something. Like, the first one yeah. I walked by, uh, one of them had, like, a face. But they all kind of look very humanoid as far as their their, their shape and, and size. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm wondering what they really look like. I would definitely like to see them. Yeah, I my guess is you're you're probably right. They're definitely trying to save on effects. I think the 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 very crafty way they shot those tunnel scenes as the kids were escaping through the sewers um definitely proved that maybe they didn't have like all the same effects that they could have afforded for, you know, our our pigtail or for even Gus who's just got antlers. Um very minimal um practical effects in the show that we've seen so far i i have a very strong feeling though that the last two episodes of this show are probably going to beef things up a little bit just to make sure that the episode a season ends with a bang so there there may be more hybrid kids i'm just guessing though that's that's just a complete guess on my part no that that makes sense i think if you're saving the hybrid reveals you would use them in the last episode when maybe they finally come in like contact with the last man and there's mm-hmm. a confrontation there definitely um yeah well i mean what an episode right like serious getting into stuff like that jeopard reveal stuff totally took me like blindsided me i didn't realize that we were going to get into his backstory even just for the little bits yeah uh yeah i was totally floored by that yeah no i i it's same here i i didn't know i mean we learned about bear she had a sister too that we hadn't talked to and we just completely overlooked that um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it feels like they moved past it very quickly as well um. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's been weird the the things that this show chooses to focus yeah. on sometimes when it comes to the characters. But but I feel a lot better about the episode now that we talked about it. Hopefully, people that are listening that maybe go into this one not liking it as much, 
um, mm-hmm, get a little mm-hmm. bit more out of it now that we they've listened to our conversation. Um, yeah, because I definitely do feel more just like there's more depth there than what I really felt at the at the first glance. Yeah, I've been I've been really trying to tear apart this show in terms of just like what are they trying to get across, and I feel like. I don't know. Some of the things are a little bit more obvious than than not, but uh, or a little more obvious just because I'm I'm trying to I'm not trying to do a one to one comparison to the comic, mm-hmm. but a lot of the comic stuff is just ingrained in my brain. So every time I see something that jumps out, I'm like, oh, that's an important detail. Oh, that's an important detail, um, which I think has caused me over the the last five episodes that we watched to kind of pay a little bit more cl- closer attention yeah. and try to analyze things a little bit more. Yeah, where I just kind of saved the show for like a couple hours before we record. And, you know, okay. watch it and i just give it a little bit time to reminisce like i just finished the show 30 minutes before recording uh, oh okay i, I okay. want to go into it fresh and just kind of give you like my uh like really for like straight up honest opinion of what the show was but then we we have this time now to kind of like let it simmer for a little bit mm-hmm. yeah man well um i don't know any any final thoughts about the episode beyond that then uh no I'm, I'm super excited for whatever's next we have two episodes left and uh i think oh man the i know the the last one's super long so uh, i'm pretty excited to just kind of fi- finish the strip i don't know i don't know what's going to happen really like because i haven't read it and i'm looking forward to reading the book too once the season's over mm-hmm. um, and just mm-hmm. kind of keep going with that and then i'll be yeah, pointing I- out things like oh okay that's where mike was talking about or whatever <laughs> yeah well you know and and don't you don't you worry that email's coming after the end of this season for episode eight we're gonna we're gonna reveal everything so um yeah from from last week's episode but anyways well then i you know danny as always thank you for joining me on this episode because i i i don't think i could do this by myself I, i'm glad that i've got someone here to bounce ideas off of so i appreciate you showing up every week um to do this man so where, where can folks find you on the internet if they if they wanted to ask you more sweet tooth questions or other things uh, you can find me on my Twitter at Echo Spider, or you can find me at my YouTube channel and podcast, Next Issue Podcast, uh, pretty much everywhere. And just put that on the internet and you'll find it. Yeah. And as always, you can follow me at Mike Rappin and you can follow I Read Comic Books at IRCB Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, this episode first aired on Patreon and is possible because of our wonderful patrons. Join today for exclusive episodes like IRCB Movie Club, Saga of Saga, Giant Days of Our Lives, and to get early access to episodes uh, at patreon.com slash Podcast. You can join these episodes live. You can come and join the last two episodes of Candy Bar Antler Boy at, by visiting our Discord at ircbpodcast.com slash Discord. You can jump right in and you can come and speak with me and Danny about future episodes. And you can also listen to other episodes of Irie Comic Books as we record them live on Sunday. Days. The IRCB candy, bar, IRCB candy Bar logo is done by the Sam DS. Music for this episode is The Beautiful CS by Robert Farmer. I want to say thank you again to Danny and thank you to everyone at home for listening. We really appreciate it. Until next time, comics are good and so are you. <laughs>